On today's show, we talk to a woman who's pregnant and she just found out her husband cheated on her and gave her an STD. We also talk to a mom who's been struggling with working from home and homeschooling and her kids have had enough. And we talk to a kind father who's wondering how to tell his 12-year-old son that he was adopted many years ago. Stay tuned. What up? This is Deloney with the Dr. John Deloney Show. Thanks for joining us today. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're healthy. Hope you're laughing a lot. Hope your life's filled with joy. And if it's not, I hope you've got something, some plans today to turn that around. Right? On this show, we take your calls about life. We talk about your mental health. We talk about education. We talk about relational IQ, family, everything, anything that's going on in your heart, in your mind. We take calls from all over the world. And I tell you what, these emails are coming in, and they're coming in, and they're coming in, and I love it. Keep sending them. Um, If you want to get on the show, if you want to join us for these conversations, um, give me a call at 1-844-693-3291. That's 1-844-693-3291. Or go to johndeloney.com slash show. Fill out the form. It goes right to Kelly, the associate producer of the show, the skull call, the skull screener, the call screener extraordinaire. She's a ninja. She's one of the OG ninjas. And she will see if we can get you on the show. So every time we start this show, we either have some positive news, some negative news, things that drive me crazy about the world. I got one. Okay. Um, it's a little bit of an intervention slash annoying thing. You you keep doing this like horse noise on the show. And I think you did it the last show like 27 times approximately. It's the... Nay! No, I don't do that. Not that. No, not that. It's the... So, I do that a lot. You do. We have to clean up the desk, all the spit off the desk afterwards. It's oh, kind of a COVID gross, thing. And COVID. It sounds gross. C19. So, yeah. So, that's annoying. Try to stop doing that. So, give me an example of when I do that. Um, anytime. You, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> idiot. Whatever. Yeah. Whenever you get, <laughs> when you get stumped or perplexed about a call. Let's clear this up. I never get stumped. I get stumped every show. And then I go, nay. See, but, you're going to do it today and then you're going to realize it. Or I'll point at you, and then you'll realize it, and it's... Okay, You're so, never going to unhear it now. So, I'm never going to unhear it. Ugh, there's a lot of things I can't unhear. Okay, so when I do that noise today, you've got to just stop. Intervene, no matter what's going on, and be like, hold on. You did it again. I get it. I just think that the level of animal noises you make should be disproportionate <laughs> to the amount of doctorate degrees you have. <laughs> and so, as with the diarrhea jokes, that too. So, hey, just work on it. Enough. Fix it. <laughs> enough. Fix it. All right, everybody. There you go, America and Earth. The producer is producing the animal noises out of this show that I didn't even know I was making. <laughs> I'm going to start oinking or something weird. I wish turtles made noises. I'd make that noise. Man. That's what feedback sounds like, good folks. Hey, I want to I wanna be a personality. I want to have a podcast. I'd love to work with a great team. And then they, they take your tics and the things that you don't even know you do, and they're like, hmm, that's embarrassing and weird. Please shut up and stop doing that. It's annoying. But you know, there are some people out there that are going to be like, no, I love when he does that. <laughs> they will. They're going to send you hate mail. Be like, oh, first unity, and now horse noises, James? What are you taking from us? And then there's going to be others that are just going to send you gift cards. <laughs> be like, thanks, man. Podcast is okay, but he kept sounding like a horse. He's an idiot. All right, we're done with horse noises. I was going to make one more, but I'm not even going to. All right, let's go to the phones. 
I don't even know where to start. You screwed up my mojo, man. All right, let's go to Samantha in Austin, Texas. What's up, Samantha? How are we doing? Uh, hi, Dr. John. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How's the 512? Uh, it's really cold. <laughs> it's really cold. I don't think I've ever heard those words before. That's pretty cool. Oh, we've got like record low temperatures here. It's crazy. Very so. cool. Very cool. All right, so what's going on? How can I help? Um, well, I am six months pregnant with my third child, and, um... How old are the other ones? Uh, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old and a a one-year-old. Oh, my. Two-and-a-half and and one and a six-month in the oven? Uh, Yeah. I would just like, on behalf of humanity, to say, God bless you. I don't even I don't even know what to say after that other than okay. <laughs> Go forward. Go ahead. So, got her hands full. Yes. Um, well, my husband came to me recently and he told me that he was with someone else and um that he probably contracted an STD and that I most likely have it as well. Um and so I gone and been tested and that is the case um and so i just kind you're of confirmed don't really you're, know where to go where yeah you're confirmed are. positive mm-hmm. holy crap i'm so sorry that sucks what's the what's the sti uh it's uh chlamydia so okay. it's something that's um treatable okay hopefully. Golly, I'm so sorry. So, have you gone to your OBGYN to talk through any implications with your pregnancy? Um, yeah. And yes, I have. Walk me through that. Um, basically, I'll just do the treatment, and um, it should clear up. And we just have to do some follow up, just to make sure that everything is um, normal and healthy. And then it should not. It'll be like it never happened. Oh man, I'm so sorry. Yeah, but it did happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to ask you to do something weird as we talk through this, okay? I want to take the STI part, and I want to set that off to the side for a second, okay? And I want to take the overjoyed, exhausted, haven't slept in, what, four years now, when you add in all the pregnancies, completely exhausted mm-hmm. at a psychological and spiritual and physical level, right? And then to get this news, because what I don't want to do as we as we walk through this, I don't want that um, the consequence of what happened to be the focus just yet. I want to get back to this conversation y'all had. Tell me how the conversation went. Um, basically, he just came and he told me like this happened, and now um, like I'm having symptoms, and it was just kind of all just very surreal um yeah. i i didn't see it coming at all okay total um, total shock to you oh yeah i mean i would have never guessed in a million years that okay. he would have done something like that and so how can i help I mean, there's so much here how can i help i mean it just my I know my my family is like, well, like, obviously, like, you just, you leave, and like, mm-hmm. of course, and you know, they're like, and I mean, that's not necessarily like the thing that I mean, I want, I have, I mean, I've, I came from a very broken family, and I 
didn't want my kids to be raised in that. I didn't want them to ever feel that. And um, so now I've just got a very big decision of where I go from here. Yeah. What do you want to do? Forget what your parents and your family and all the people telling you what you're going to tell you. You're going to have people that will sit you down and, and buy you a cup of coffee and look you in the eye and say, um, I know this is heartbreaking, but you and your husband have a future together. You're going to get through this if y'all both want to, and you can do the hard work. And then you're going to have somebody call you and be like, oh, you're just going to be a cuckold for the rest of your life. You're just going to let him do that. You know what I mean? So forget all those voices. And and also forget the, and this is going to sound ridiculous, forget the um, fantasy that you had about, I want my kids to have this because I had another picture, right? I had another experience in my life, so I painted this picture that's going to happen no matter what because that might force that might encourage you to drag yourself through mud that you don't need to go through, right? Um, what do you want to do? Put all those things down and just talk to me directly. What do you want to do? Um I mean, I I do want to work things out like, you know, I still love him and I he said it was a one time thing and I genuinely believe that it was mm-hmm. uh, have y'all gone to see anybody um no i've got some of uh, it's coming up scheduled okay is he when you say um he told you it was a one-time thing and he came to you with this is he still all in is he say, I screwed up, I'm so sorry, I'm going to make this right, here's all my phones, here's all my computer stuff, I want you to know, I am, I am, this is, a, this, this is an accident happened, and I'm going to do anything it takes to um, repair this, and not even repair it, or rebuild, you got to rebuild something new now, right? Um, mm-hmm. w- what's his heart and space on this? Um, he's just, I mean, apologizing to me about like 5,000 million times a day, and yeah. he's, he's, called a marriage counselor and just tried to get everything hooked up. Um, and he's, he's, he's trying and he's, you know, like you can track me. Here's all my passwords. Here's all my everything. And, um, so you believe him as much as you can. Right. I mean, after that's like, you've had like the, the deepest violation hurt. Right. And so I know that sounds trite. Be like, all right, cool. You're ready to get back on that horse and ride again. I get that. Um, but your gut tells you, but I, I, I genuinely just, I mean, I hope, I mean, you know, I, I in my gut, I feel like it really was just okay. a, a single incident. Okay. So here's the thing. You owe nobody an explanation for choosing to stay with him. You owe nobody an explanation for choosing to, um, give it a shot to try and, when you have this third baby and when you have some time to actually grieve and when you have time to process this and to like let the um you know the the fight or flight response right that shock wear off and you actually can look him in the eye and say dude you could have hurt us both bad cuz you violated us and you were stupid when you did it um and you choose, you know what, I gave it six months, I'm out. I gave it, you know, ten months, and I can't. You don't owe anybody an explanation then. And if you choose to bail tomorrow, 
You don't owe anybody an explanation for that, okay? I want you to feel free from that. And everybody's going to have an opinion. Remember when you first got pregnant the first time? How many stupid advice droplet, uh, droplets, that sounds like a sneeze, but it's basically <laughs> what it is. It's just snot. Everyone's stopping like, okay, make sure you've got somebody to text and make sure this, and you should use this. Rattle. Remember those days? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what's coming, except 10 times worse because everyone feels on moral high ground on this one. So they're all going to give you their, girl, you need, it's all, it's coming, dude. So, um, I mean, I always thought it would be a no-brainer for me, and I would just, I was like, that's an obvious, like, I'm out. Like, you know, yeah. you just, it would just, of course you leave, but. And just I was just, I was just talking easy. to somebody recently, and they said the opposite. They were like, I just knew that if that ever happened, we'd work through it, and we'd move on. And then they said it happened, and he's like, I'm out. Like, I j- just knew in my guts that was that, that was that, right? So here's a couple of things I'll recommend. Number one is, um... You've got to have somebody privately that you can grieve this with, okay? Um, I can hear it in you. Like, this is an existential thing. This is a thing you swore would never happen. This is a thing you've probably leaned really hard into making sure that your family stayed together. This is a, a what I call like a, a grave soul injury. And not in a overly spiritual kind of way, but this is something that rocks people to their absolute core, okay? So, Yes, you need to go to marriage counseling. Y'all got to work on that immediately, but you need somebody that you can talk to privately as well, okay? The second thing is this. You can't recreate what was now. You've got to build something completely new. Um, the language that they use that I love, the metaphor that um, I, I use all the time is this. When the Twin Towers fell down, they couldn't sweep up all that glass and steel and metal and tape it and glue it all back together and recreate those towers. They had to excavate the whole site, throw that stuff in the dump, and build something completely new. And what they built new is beautiful and stunning and extraordinary and strong and will last for hundreds of years. Um, but you had to do the hard work of getting architecture designs and engineering and redo the whole thing, okay? And so you're on a journey now to build something completely new. And what I see happens with couples a lot when they're trying to recover from some sort of violation like this is they try to get what was back and that you can't. And so you end up feeling like you're failing instead of saying, okay, that's over. We are now starting again and we're going to have to rebuild something completely new. And I know that's exhausting and hard. Not the thing you want to do with three kids under three, right? Um, And then the other thing, man, is you're going to have to, have to, have to, and this is going to sound like I'm flipping sides here. Please hear my heart on this. Okay. If you are making a go of it, you got to choose grace and not to weaponize everything around around you around your husband around your ecosystem okay because mm-hmm. at the end of the day you're going to just poison yourself hoping he dies and that's not going to be how that works okay okay i'm heartbroken for you um so i just gave you some things that like here's what it's going to look like to rebuild and you're talking years okay you're talking months and years this is a big deal not to mention the consequence of it all are you in yeah. You're pretty awesome, Samantha. You're pretty awesome. I know this sucks and I know this hurts. I'm so, so sorry for you. Call somebody today. Somebody that's not going to give you advice, it's not going to overwhelm you with, well, you know what you should, somebody's just going to be with you and listen. And if that's a professional, great, 
If you got that friend, great. Hmm. I'm so sorry. I wish I could end this call on a positive note. Everybody go get them. Rocks, you know, rock and roll and fireworks. But this just sucks. Folks, remember, man, your actions. <laughs> My dad used to say it's like throwing a brick, throwing a rock in the lake. And those ripple effects, you know, they end up on shores way far away. You threw that rock right over there, man, but it ends up affecting the shoreline way across the other side. And I know being married with young kids is really hard. And I know being married with young kids is lonely. I know being, I mean, I can't even imagine. I can't wrap my head around three kids under the age of three. Um, that's Disney World in a circus in a really small space. But man, stay true. Don't cheat. Stay true. Stay true, man. Don't cheat. Stay true. All right, let's go to uh, Leanne in San Francisco. Leanne, what's going on? Yes, sir. Dr. John, thanks for taking my call. How are you? I'm so, so good. How are you? <sighs> well, blessed and highly favored. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. How's San Francisco today? Beautiful. Sun's out, but rain's coming tomorrow, so we're trying to soak it in today. Very cool. What's up? What's up? How can I help? All right. All right. So I'm a mom, working mom full time. Uh, three kids, but two are school age. My 11-year-old son is having an especially difficult time. Yeah, We're not going back to school anytime soon. So my boy, normally happy-go-lucky kid, very creative, hilarious, but... We're, we're, he's having a tough time. He's tried to run away a couple times, two mm -hmm. times he's tried to run away to get away from it all is how he put it. And, um, he's, he's made, made mention of suicide. So yeah. my question is, when do I say that's it? I need to seek the help of a, pro a professional. Um, the second you get off this phone call. Okay. Okay. Um, this work from home, this school from home for kids is, um, this is going to be a generational trauma that we don't fully understand for years and years and years and years and years. It's devastating. Yeah. Um, kids are so hyper co-regulated. That's just nerd speak for their hearts beat and their eyes widen and their faces move based on the heartbeats and eye movement and face movements and body movements of other people in their area. It's how they interact with space it's how they interact with themselves it's how their brain regulates itself through other people and this has been an absolute physiological and psychological nightmare for them and you throw on top of that mom the per my safe space is being forced to have a dual role right and i don't know that side of mom i don't know work mom i don't know teacher mom and you're being forced into roles that you didn't sign up for and you, you're not equipped to do right, but then you feel guilty because I'm mom. I'm supposed to be able to care for my son. And then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? It just turns into a mess. And I'm so, so sorry, Leanne. I hate that for you and I hate that for your family. I hate that for every kid in the country. Um, anytime um, so a kid mentions suicide, it stopped the presses. We're seeing I, – I read an article recently, um, talked about it on the show um, – Whereas a kid as young as nine took his life in in Las Vegas, and we're seeing suicide rates among children 
really ratchet up. They're just so, so, so lonely. And they're losing those safe spaces, which has been home. And they're losing those, um, what I call, uh, accidental community where you just, that teacher winks at you in the hallway or pats you on the shoulder. Um, they're missing all that stuff and their bodies are just, and their hearts and minds are going haywire. Um, tell me what it's like homeschooling your kid, kid that you love, little boy that you love. Man, it's, t- I mean, I'm, I'm barely hanging on myself, like mm-hmm. l- literally by the skin of my teeth, just, and then you go to bed and got to do it again the next day. Um, so walk me through what, of, walk me through what a day yeah. is like. So I get up, I try to get up at 5 a.m. So I get a little bit of undisturbed work time on my computer. I work at a hospital, I'm at, at hospital administration, so it's you know, crazy at work as well. I was going to so, say, yeah, that's a barrel of roses this year too, right? Right, Oh, right. you're, you're so in California no, too. Just exactly one yeah. barrel of monkeys after another. Right, and I want to be a good team member, help mm. my, you know, the clinical folks that are really putting it, the work in as well. So, um, so get them up about, so he likes to get up early so he can also prepare for the day. And um, then we jump right on the computers and I'm bouncing between my two kids and my, my work. And um, it's, it's chaos. Yeah. And then the grind after they get off the computers to get the, the work done, because it's not just in class work. It's once they get off, you have this laundry list of assignments that have to get done by a certain hour. You know, it's nonsense. So it's, nonsense. It, the pedagogy there is garbage. Right. School administrators across the country, I'm calling you out. It's trash, dude. It's ridiculous. Because here's what's happening, and I'm not mad at you. I'm so frustrated with how some of these schools are handling this. They are getting these reports of learning decreases, and instead of doing what the science says, which is get these kids off these screens and let them go walk around the neighborhood and let them go play and let them go wrestle – they're doubling down on the other side. Well, after you get off, you got to do more problems and more math and more this. And we're embedding in these kids not only this just failure factory, this disaster factory, but we're also embedding in these kids a distaste for learning. And it's just a gross mess. I'm so sorry that, that <laughs> I'm, you're, you're pushing my buttons here. I'm half the country away from you. No, don't be sorry. It's, man. Um, and so then your kids get done with their homework and then what you're back Mm -hmm. in it. Now you have to toggle back to mom and after a frustrating, exhausting day. Yeah. Why then I turn the shuttle mom because I'm trying to keep them active. They thank God there's my daughter's doing gymnastics. I have him in an exercise class because I just need them to move their bodies and be out of the house. Good for you. And, um, you know, when he first tried to run, run away, I called it. I said, screw it. I called his buddy's mom. I said, can Chris play? Because I need to get my kid out of the house. We're going to risk our physical health for his mental health. Yeah. So he has some buddies in the neighborhood that he'll ride bikes with, et cetera. Hey, that is, then, that is mom of the year right now. Good for you. Good for you. Good for you. And I know so, that's a risk. I know that's a risk. Yeah, I'm gonna get my show canceled. All that stuff. I don't care. No, I'm. I Good for feel you. Like there's a lot of parents that are just, just you got to draw the line somewhere. I mean, hmm. the kids are going crazy. Yeah. So, um, 
I won't I won't divulge too much. Um, my, my wife and I are still negotiating, <laughs> not really negotiating. We're still working through um, which parts of my family life I disclose for all these people on the show and which parts that I keep to myself. What I will tell you is um, I have heard the heartbreak firsthand that you just expressed, okay? And here's what I want to – not we haven't experienced the mental health challenges and the suicide challenges – but I have, I've got a memory in my heart that will be there forever with an, an, an encounter of my son and in in, in weeping in a way that I've never seen him weep before. And um, just saying, Dad, when is this going to stop? And um, listening to him and my wife and my daughter negotiate homeschooling and home, work from home and all those things. So here's what I want to give you permission to do. Um, at some point, your ROI on your work world begins to diminish because home world is hard, right? And not only hard, but it's taking your core out from under you, right? Um, the core of who you are, which is an extraordinary mom. Are you, are you married? You got somebody else there helping out, or is it yeah, just you? My okay. husband, um, he has to go in. So okay. he's, um, he's home till about 10 o'clock, and then we don't see him again for the rest of the night. Okay. Um, so that might even be a good thing there. Your kids, I, I want to see them have more direct. <laughs> we'll get to school when we get to school. Dad and the kids are going for a walk. Dad and the kids are setting up a WWE wrestling tournament in the living room, and we're just going for it for a while. We will get to the classroom assignments when we get to them. And at some point, um, you guys have to double down on that parent connection and even saying, I'm going to be homeschool mom for this period of time, and mm -hmm. I'm going to make you, I want you to call me by another name because I want to have a moment when I can be your mommy. And right now I'm going to be your teacher. So call me Miss Joe, whatever, dude. But here's what I'm trying to do That's set up some boundaries between those roles because it's really confusing for a kid. Yeah. And you, as a hospital administrator, you are used to toggling so fast between all these different things all the time, right? And an 11 year old just sees mom. And sees mom working at a pace and saying things to her clients and to her coworkers, like, whoa, I didn't know she talked like that. I didn't know she knew what a TPS report is and all that stuff, right? <laughs> his mind's getting blown, and his picture of mom is morphing in front of him in a way that his little 11-year-old brain can't comprehend right now. And you throw on that how frustrated you are when he's like, I don't get the word problem. And you're like, do the word problem, right? All of that. And... So set up some some boundaries like that, and they can be silly and fun. Like when I put on the big yellow crown that him and you know your other kid can cut and paste and make a hat for you for teacher hat, whatever. But we're gonna set up some fun, silly things that are gonna let them have some boundaries between the roles. And then I don't, I can't believe I'm saying these things. I said it in a in a in a speech the other day. Like get in front of the TV and just hold your kids, right? Yeah. Like just turn the stupid screens on. I hate screens. I'm pub I'm I'm overly loud about how much I hate them. But at some point, you just got to hold your kids, right? And sit down and color with them. It's worth you know. If that's gonna heal your heart. It's gonna help heal their heart. Whatever that looks like. We played Zoom Pictionary a couple of nights ago with my grand with their grandparents, my parents. And I got to say this. Shout out to my seventy year old mom who had to act out quicksand via Zoom on a webcam it did not end pretty and it was awesome though she went all in and then my dad who's 70 he had got sumo wrestling as one of the charade cards and that image will never 
it burned a hole in my rods and cones in my eyes, like in my retina. So all I have to say is figure out what those weird, crazy, fun things you can do and double down on them. But let your kids know that you love and cherish them. And at this point, after a year of being home, man, loving and cherishing, letting those kids know they've got value and letting those kids know that they are still tethered into you is more important than whatever they're going to pick up in social studies or math class. At this point across the country, it's so uneven. It's so wonky. Some schools have never shut down. Some schools have not gone back. It's just going to be such unequal mess that I'm way more concerned about the the connection and the love and the peace in these kids' hearts. All the way back to your original question, an 11-year-old runs away because he's frustrated. Man, I'm I'm not going to... Not every alarm is going to go off there. I'm going to talk to my kid. I'm going to make sure he knows he's loved. I'm going to go for a walk with him, those kind of things. Um, I'm going to let him ride bikes in the neighborhood with his kids. My kid says, I'm thinking about not being here. Everything in my world stops. Work can wait till later. Friendships can wait till later. All that stops. I'm calling a professional right now. And I'm going to do my best, my best, best to get an in-person meeting with that person because just going on another Zoom call for your poor kid Um Hopefully that they would let you do that. I don't. I don't know what the rules are there. I know they are having some in-person allowances here, um, in in Tennessee. Here, we'll be thinking about you, and um, man, you're doing the right thing. Set up those boundaries. Set up those um, those moments of high, high touch, high, high physical contact, high, high. Let them cook dinner. Those things where they get to contribute and be a part of the family household, where they get to see you being silly, where they get to have work with mom for a minute, whatever those things are, let them feel a part of the home, let they've got value and let them ride bikes with their friends, man. And, um, geez Louise, I'm so, so sorry. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, Liam. I wish I could wrap this up and make it so great, too. The second call in a row that I want to just put a bow on this one, and it's hard because we're right in the middle of a massive, massive trauma. School administrators, I know, I know I'm being a jerk here, man, because I know you, too. I've got close friends all over the country, school administrators. Pedagogically speaking, you know this. Eight hours for a 10-year-old in front of a screen followed by three more hours in front of a screen is not learning stop come up with something else and i know you got to get your test scores i know that i know there's funding on top of those i know all those things figure it out there's too much science out there there's too much there's too much and i also want to be safe i'm not saying everyone should go back to schools y'all figure that out locally i'm not getting in the middle of that mess but i'm telling you pedagogically speaking you know that these kids cut off at a certain point stop piling it on stop piling it on these 11 year olds these 9 year olds these 14 year olds these 17 year olds Man, let's let them remember this moment not as the as the the make or break moment when I started hating learning. When I started hating learning, let's give them project based learning. I'm not going to get into that, dude. I'm going to I'm going to make myself crazy. All right, let's go to Jonathan in Pensacola, Florida. I'm going to sing my way to this next call. What's up, Jonathan? How are we doing? Doing good, Doctor John. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. So what's going on, brother? Uh, well, first, I just want to thank you for taking my call. Uh, long-time listener since you started the podcast. Um, yeah, Th- I'm thank in you, a man. predicament. I'm in a predicament. Um, so I have two kids, a, a um, 12-year-old boy and a 10-year-old girl. And um, the 12-year-old boy, is I adopted him, actually got with his mother when she was a couple months pregnant, actually. And I've been there ever since. 
I was there for the birth. I was there for, for it all. And um, she recently passed away a couple of years ago. Hmm. And uh, I'm sorry, man. My life has moved. My life has moved on now, and I've met, I've met a a great woman, and we uh, actually come up pregnant a month or so ago, or a couple months ago, and um, wasn't planned, but you know how that goes. Um, <laughs> you said, so, <laughs> yeah, I know how that goes. I know how that all works. Yeah. But um, so well, it's, I'm going to tell you congratulations ways. anyway. Congratulations, brother. Well, well thank you, John. I'm, I'm, I'm excited now. For it was shocking, but... I, can, I can't even time. wrap my head around what that conversation would be like in my house, and my wife was like, well, i got to tell you something when you get home. Yeah, so, man, congratulations, <laughs> brother. Thank you. Um, well, it, it's going to be a boy. And, okay. Um, and my wife's point is it's going to be my first biological boy, and she don't want to... My son don't know that he's adopted. Yeah. And I heard the phone call the other morning uh, of the, the the guy that found out he was adopted and how it affected him. And I didn't know if I ever planned on telling him in the first place. You know, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm his dad. You know, I've been there. Um, but yeah. he, but my wife, my wife thinks that I shouldn't hide that from him and I shouldn't hide it from the new son. I just don't know how to go about that. I don't know how to. He, he's 12. I'm not a. I've already had to tell him that his mom wouldn't come off from the hospital, mm-hmm. and now I got to tell him that, you know, that I'm not his biological dad. I just don't know how to go about it. Yeah. So, um, number one, man, I appreciate your heart on this deal. You're, yeah, you said it right. You're in a predicament. Um, yeah, first and foremost, no secrets, man. No secrets ever. Um, no secrets, no secrets, no secrets. Um, they destroy families or a fire that burns a family to a crisp from the inside out. It just turns the whole thing to ash. The second thing is, you're right on, man, get rid of this biological language. You're about to have your second son. That is what it is with the period of the end of that sentence. The moment you start saying, well, you're that son, but this is my... Dude, when you do that... You are creating chaos that you can never... You're creating trauma, brother, that will burn through generations of your family. And that's not your heart. I know that. Don't do that. And um, you have to be pretty direct with your new wife that there is not going to be a that son and this son, right? Um, these right. boys are going to be your boys. Your daughter's going to be your daughter. These kids are going to be y'all's kids, and that's going to be that. Everybody's going to be treated equally and loved and engaged and all that stuff, right? Um, don't get that language even in your head, okay? So when it comes to telling your son, I can't recommend enough that you, you've you got to get with a professional at this point that's going to walk you through. And there's all kinds of ways to do that in very gentle ways. There's just some some gentle ways that a good counselor, and you're talking two or three sessions. This isn't a monumental thing. And if he hasn't, has he gone to counseling for trauma with his mom lost? Um, you know, I probably should have got it done, but no, I, I haven't yet. And I, I planned on doing it. This year, because me and my, my wife talked about it at the end of last year, mm-hmm. probably something I should have done, Dr. John, but hey. my life was kind of chaotic at that point. Hey, so I'm, there's no judgment here, man. We're going we're gonna to take tomorrow as a new day, and then we're going to go from there, okay? And so what, here's what I want you to do. I want you to reach out to a reputable um, counselor who works with kids in your area. 
let them know the situation that you adopted this son from his birth with his birth mom and then she passed away a few years ago he's 12 as he starts to hit puberty trauma is the way i explain it is like taking a bouncy ball and just humming it into a kitchen everybody can throw that bouncy ball and it's going to bounce in a million different directions but the hormones the the connection the desire to have deeper relationship with friends you know, romantic relationships, all that stuff starts happening now in a, in a much more accelerated fashion. And so trauma is going to emerge in some wonky ways for him. Okay. It's normal. It's natural. You should expect it. Your new wife should expect it, but you can start preempting some of that now. If you're not already seeing, it. I'd be surprised if you weren't already seeing it, but maybe you're not. And, um, get with a counselor, let them know that you want to start talking through some of those things and, that you want some guidance and some support as y'all begin to tell them, hey, I'm not your biological dad, but I'm daddy. I'm not your biological father is a better way to say that, but I'm your dad. I chose you. Of all the kids in the world, I chose you. I will always love you. You're my oldest son. We're about to have a new son. And here's an awesome way to um, that one of my professors, Dr. Marbley, taught me, and it worked like a champ, man was when my wife got pregnant with our second, she said, start referring to the second baby, to the baby in utero as their baby. So you're going to start telling your son, hey, man, when, you're, when your brother comes, you're going to have a lot of responsibility. You and me, we're going to raise a good young man here. We're going we're gonna to really help him be compassionate and empathetic and kind. We're going to, man, me and you, man, your brother, your brother, and he's going to take ownership and he's going to be excited and he's going to have a partic- participation role and um, own this big brother stuff instead of seeing it as a intrusion, right? Someone who's taking something from me. Right. But, well, but, I, heard, I heard you good. talk about that a couple episodes ago, and that's the first thing I did when we found out. Yeah, look at you, man. Is, is your brother... And, and yeah, like that. And I and I want to say that my wife wasn't want like I don't want her to seem like she's a, 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 a bad guy in this or nothing. She she wasn't gonna say, you know, this is your son, this is your biological. She, she was just but she works in social work and she's just trying, I guess, try to point me in the right direction. And she might not know everything. Oh, sure, man. And, and hey, no, I appreciate you standing up for your wife, man. You're a good guy. Um, and I'm not trying to badmouth your wife, but I, I do want everyone to be cognizant of is everything becomes different when you hold um, in, in, a, in a blended family like this. That kid, that new kid that comes along, usually it's two or three or five in your case. I don't know, 12 or 13 years later, right? That new kid can have a a bonding effect can be the shiny new toy leaving these new teenagers who desperately, desperately need their parents' attention feeling like they're outside the loop. And it can be really easy for a new couple who gets together to want to really super bond over this new baby that we share together. And then the older kids can feel that, right? So it's not drinking the haterade or anything, just something to be cognizant of, to think through. And you got a good wife, man. There are some out there. Not so much, brother. So I'm talking to you as much as I'm talking to our listeners out there. If you've adopted a kid, your kids are your kids. If you've married into a family and you are co-raising those kids, they are your kids. They are your kids. They are your kids. Not, well, that's my biological kid. That's my stepkid. Nope. 
They're your kids. They are worthy of love. They're worthy of being connected to. You hug them, love them, hold them accountable, discipline them, do all of the things that you got to do. Um, but all that back to your original question, get with a professional that's going to walk you through, that's going to gently unveil this to your kid in a way that he can hear it, that he can digest it. He can ask the questions, and more importantly, he's probably not going to have a lot of questions to ask up front, but he is going to, over time, ask more and more questions, and you want to set up an environment that he leaves that exchange with you and a counselor. He leaves that exchange knowing, man, my dad, Jonathan, is a safe guy for me to talk to. He loves me. He chose me. He walked alongside my mama when she passed away. He's asking me to help raise this new baby, my little brother, all that, you want him super tethered in. As he gets older, he's going to feel more and more untethered. Mom's gone. Where, who's my real dad? You'll walk through those kind of questions as the years go on. But right now, yeah, he's 12 years old. You want to begin to have that conversation ASAP and do it with a professional. This is not something you just plop down and be like, well, hey, I got something to tell you, son. Um, you will set off a chain reaction inside of him that will rage like a like a California forest fire. Okay. It'll take years to put out. So, uh, man, I appreciate your heart to all you parents out there who've got a young kid that you say that you've adopted and you think, man, this is going to stay between us. Um, I'm his dad. I don't even need to tell him because I'm always going to be there for man. Secrets destroy families. Secrets destroy, destroy families. Man, you can't, Kelly can't tell you how many calls we get, how many emails we're getting about, so I'm 24, and I just did 23 and me, and uh, dot, dot, dot. The gig's up on, on those kind of private things. If you got a kid out of wedlock, and you know that they are down the street or in the neighborhood or across the country, and they don't know about you, they're going to find you. They're going to find you. you got to have that conversation sooner rather than later. It's much better coming from you on your terms, and you getting with the old baby mama or baby daddy and figuring out how you're going to do that because it's not going to stay secret for long. And the longer the deception, the longer the lies go on, the hotter and louder that forest fire is. Great question, Jonathan. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, so as we wrap up today's show, if you are not, I'm just going to get right to it. If you're not listening to Gary Clark Jr., stop what you're doing. He is, he's not as, uh, I was going to say he is Hendrix reincarnated. He is my favorite guitar player out there right now. He's my favorite singer out right now. He is writing music that just is smoke as it leaves your speakers, man. He's so good, so good. I could pick any number of songs of Gary Clark Jr., man. He's out of Austin, Texas. This song I picked here, it just reminds me of Hendrix so much, and it makes my heart glow. I don't even know what, I don't even know what heart glow means. Like I'm ET or something. That was a weird, stupid analogy i got to put that in the stupid analogy jar. I'm just going to start finding myself from this point forward. We'll all go out to eat one day when we do that. All right, so this is from the This Land album out in 2019. The song is Low Down Rolling Stone. He writes, Something's going on with me. I'm not who I used to be. No. Reach the point where darkness is my composant. Oh my gosh, I'm French. I know. I think that's French. I hope that was French. I know it's not what you came here for so fly like an eagle go be beautiful and free girl because i'm better off on my own go save your soul you don't want to go where i go i'm just a low down rolling stone barely hanging on i'm just a low down rolling stone whose help me ease my mind gary clark 
If she doesn't love you, I do. You're awesome, brother. Keep writing great tunes, man. This has been the Dr. John Deloney Show.